Welcome to Anover Sparks CEO Podcast, Conversations on Economic Opportunity. My name is Paul Kretko, and I'm the President and CEO of Anover Spark. Anover Spark is a public private partnership of business, government, and academic institutions working hard to advance the economy of the Ann Arbor region. Welcome to a series of continuing conversations with key leaders from those sectors. Joining me today is Rick Hampson, State President at Citizens Bank. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule today to come in. Happy to be here. Great. Well, we always like to really start at the beginning to learn a little bit about you know, the person that we're having a conversation with. So, Rick, can you tell us a little bit about your background in banking and how you got to your current position at Citizens Bank? Yeah, absolutely. So the current position, I'm the executive vice president and uh, state president for Michigan for Citizens. And background, I grew up out east. Um, went to Boston College undergrad and then Columbia Business School and started my banking career right after business school. So it was about 1995 and first banking job was out in Manhattan. Worked, um, actually was on Wall Street in a commercial banking setting there. Um, and that was great, loved it, and then moved to Michigan in 2001. So been in Michigan from 01 to the present. And in Michigan, I've been with a couple of different banks and the current one, uh, is Citizens Bank, where I'm the state president, mm -hmm. and I've been in that role uh, for just about two years now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so in 2001, was it you moved because it was a career move, or was you know, it was actually for family reasons. Okay. My um, my now ex-wife is from Michigan. Mm -hmm. We met at Boston College, mm -hmm. and we had um, one child at the time, mm -hmm. another one coming. So she wanted to be closer Close to her to family and. You know, quite honestly, it's worked out really well. I wouldn't have necessarily moved to Michigan on my own, mm -hmm. but found myself in a great banking environment. It's been fantastic, and um, which has led me to the job I'm in now. Mm -hmm. So again, last two years, been in the role, and basically the role is I'm the market leader for the bank, um, have responsibility for all the community activity we do, any and all customer activity, and also any colleague um, issues or topics, and and then also collaborating and gathering all the different areas, the branch side, the investment side, the commercial banking, the portfolio side, all of that together, um, and basically run the market that way. And I have also direct responsibility for the middle market commercial banking team. Well, so you've been in Michigan now for over 15 years, and you lived through um, the recessionary period that we had. How have you seen the banking industry change in Michigan, in our region here, in southeast Michigan, and across the country since then? Yeah, so so great question. Um, and I would say, so was here also after the 9-11. After that, there was yeah. a bit of a kind of drop in the economy. But obviously, the Great Recession is the, is the real one. So I, I would say what I've observed, first, the banking environment across Michigan, but then even across the country, has gotten very competitive. So competition for each other's customers and uh, retail customers as well, that has really been a, gotten mm -hmm. more competitive, maybe like a lot of industries, but that's the first thing I would say. The second, there's been tons of M&A activity in the industry, and Michigan's been no different. So mm -hmm. you'll see lots of different name changes. Banks that used to be here are no longer. They've been mm -hmm. acquired by another. And you know, even this year, there's a couple of more notable, larger ones that have gone on or going on. So that's another one I would say also I've observed and significantly since the the Great Recession would be the regulatory environment and the mm -hmm. regulators oversight of banks has been dramatically increased mm -hmm. and I think you know there's 
varying um, opinions on it. I think it's arguably for the better in that banks obviously took a real hit during that time mm -hmm. and, you know, probably had, you know, the average person not loving banks, you know, based on what happened there. So what the regulators have done is required capital to be much higher, banks to be much more stable, and, you know, that trusted advisor that a bank needs to be were um, you know, well capitalized to, to be that going forward. And maybe the last thing I would add would be the technology that's come into, again, many industries, including banking. On the customer side or the consumer side, you'd see it in branches, more technology, mm -hmm. um, access to all your information online on your, on your iPad or smartphone. And then in terms of the, the commercial customers, a lot more advanced technology for gathering um, the deposits and checks and all of the monitoring of accounts, um, all of it has gotten much more technology-based mm -hmm. um, than it's been in the past. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, you, you touched on a couple of things that I think about over my career. Um, you know, the folks that regularly listen to this probably get tired of me hearing this, but you know, I've been at this for a while, almost you know, 37 years. And I know when I started out, um, you know, the, the, the banks were the sort of institution in a particular city or in a particular state. And I've seen the evolution that you've talked about, right? That when I grew up in Cleveland, there were certain banks that were the banks in Cleveland, which are now uh, merged into other banks, which are first regional, then became national. And it gives a different flavor to the, at least in my business, in the economic development business, between how you used to work in a community with the financial institutions, because that local connection you really have to work to try to maintain because it's now a, a national entity. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And that to me, that's the hardest thing is the local. As you get bigger, to have that local engagement and feel. And you know, I know we'll talk about community yeah. and what we do there. But I think that is the hardest thing. So you know, we say you want to be big enough to matter to have all the mm -hmm. resources, resources. But, but small enough to care and be there in the and to understand your customers exactly. And so that's the hardest balance. Yeah. And Banks have grown, there's many reasons, but some of it is, you know, there's so many regulatory costs now that you need to be a little bigger to cover those costs. Um, so the balance really is trying to keep that local feel that yeah. we try to do every day. Yeah, I've heard that from, from your peers in other financial institutions working in the region, that those kind of issues. Well, so yeah, we're gonna start there a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about Citizen Bank's involvement in the community and the impacts you see by your contribution to support the economy and the community as a whole? Sure. So I would say citizens' involvement in the community would be one of the bigger strengths of our bank. We are very focused on it. It's actually part of our, what we call our credo. It's the one I think that I'm most focused on is the community side and what we do in the community. And really, effectively, it's giving back to mm -hmm. the places that we, where we live and where we work. And so, I, again, I think it's, it's a huge part of who we are, and it's a really fulfilling part of the job for me. Our focus on the community really has been on, call it kind of four different pillars. One is hunger. We're trying to address the hunger issue around Southeast Michigan mm -hmm. and um, more broadly Michigan overall. Mm -hmm. Shelter, providing shelter for those in need. Mm -hmm. Financial literacy, which is an obvious one given um, ourselves and other banks as well focused on it. Um, our expertise in the financial side, trying to educate and then we have a broad term we call strengthening communities. Um, so maybe some quick examples of each of these. Sure, um, on the hunger side, 
We partner with Gleaners. We're their um, Gleaners Food Bank, one of the largest food banks in Detroit. We are their sponsor for the Hunger Free Summer Program. The goal there is to address summer hunger for kids and kids. families that kids would normally be in school, they'd mm -hmm. get school lunches. Over the summer, they obviously don't, and this is a way to provide meals to them. So mm -hmm. the goal is two million meals to kids wow. in the summer, and we've, um, each of the last six years um, exceeded that goal. So that's kind of the hunger side. Shelter would be providing financing for low-income housing, and then also working with organizations that deal with the unemployed or underemployed and one of them is Southwest Solutions, where we've partnered with them. We have a, a trailer, and it's a trailer that's full of equipment for cleaning up communities. And so it allows two things. One, it allows volunteers of ours to go out and mm -hmm. clean up a community or a neighborhood that's important to us. But it also allows aspiring entrepreneurs and um, underemployed people to use this, build a landscaping business, and then ultimately get their own trailer and do their mm -hmm. own mm -hmm. thing. Um, mm -hmm. Financial literacy, I mentioned, that's that provides a lot of opportunity for volunteerism for myself and all our colleagues to be out educating the kids and parents on the importance of maintaining uh, a good financial background, basically. Um, and then finally, strengthening communities, and that's where Ann Arbor Spark would come in. That is, it covers a lot of things. So we have, um, for example, with e the Eastern Market, we've partnered with them for the last four years, providing micro grants to small food companies, food companies that are trying to grow that need money for an extra piece of equipment or mm -hmm. inventory or whatever it may be. We've partnered with the MEBC on a number of the, the last few years on that. And then a big one that's obviously near and dear to, to your heart and, and Ann Arbor Spark would be economic development. So kind of the three big ones would be um, the Detroit Regional Chamber mm -hmm. and Sandy Bruja on the team there, where mm -hmm. a lot of our funds go to economic development on the west side of the state, the right place. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, um, we're new to being a funder to sure. Ann Arbor Spark, really with the goal of trying to be there for helping economic development and being part of the exciting growth that's going on in a Ann Arbor and, and really southeast Michigan in general. So, as you've mentioned, you've come to be in a relationship with us along with over 60 other companies that have made that choice. To support our efforts in terms of the public-private partnership that we've been able to create over the last 10 years, when thinking about becoming a part of the Spark Partnership, what was the thought process then? You know, it was it was looking to see where can we be a funder of an organization and, and try to, one, help make a difference, but two, be around companies that we'd love to mm -hmm. bank at some point. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we looked and to me, Ann Arbor Spark is really the organization and clearly in Ann Arbor and then more broadly Southeast Michigan and even mm -hmm. the state of Michigan for the types of companies you work with. The We've got a focus at our bank on technology companies mm -hmm. and clearly there's a ton of right. those companies growing here. So it was a very logical place for us to say let's you know let's start being a funder and really get to know you and your organization and you know we're new to it but really look forward to it and I guess I'd add one more piece when I was thinking about you know, the companies and organizations you deal with, a lot of entrepreneurs, and you wouldn't generally think of a bank being entrepreneurial per se, but I think of it that way because, you know, we've got a long history. The bank's been around since 1828, and for a long stint, we were owned by the Royal Bank of Scotland. Mm -hmm. But come um, 2014, we were spun out as a newly uh, publicly traded bank, and because of that, you know, we're very new to being on mm -hmm. our own, and the spirit internally is very much entrepreneurial at the you know headquarters level, but then for me in Michigan, it's 
you know, Michigan's different than Massachusetts and Pennsylvania. So do what you think is right, That's investing right. and funding organizations like yours, and you know, be entrepreneurial and mm -hmm. do the things that can make a difference. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's pretty so, cool. But we, we really do appreciate the support, and it's interesting um, that you describe it the way you did. I actually believe that any organization can uh, create an entrepreneurial culture. You know, we often talk about here at Spark that uh, while we are uh, espouse that in the companies that we work with, we also try to uh, walk around and talk, if you will, and uh, encourage the team to think about new ideas and how to approach things. And we're always trying to do that because we're trying to be innovative. We're trying, so it's, it's been part of the culture since the very beginning. Well, as we're closing out, I mean, you've got an interesting vantage point, I think, I, I, when we have these conversations with leaders of our financial institutions, you, you have your fingers on the pulse of what's going on in the economy. So what's your take on where Michigan's economy is right now and where you think, and it's hard to be a prognosticator these days, all that, but what's your take on the Michigan economy and, and where we are since, since 2008? So, um, so I guess I'd start by saying clearly um, Michigan was hit probably the hardest of any state during that time, during the Great Recession, driven by the cyclicality I think we have, and obviously automotive is a cyclical business, lots of manufacturing here. So I think we were clearly hit the hardest. Growth in, the, in Michigan had slowed down. Unemployment hit, I think, was really the weakest of any state. But what's happened, as you know, since then is really growth in um, the economy has been fantastic, better than the national average today, and um, unemployment dropped down to getting at the national average, and I think it's actually even below the national average now. So mm -hmm. the state has really gone through a renaissance, I think, and, in, and reinvented itself. Some of it we see directly, the companies that we lend to and work with went through a really tough time and had to really become more efficient, mm -hmm. become better operators, um, the automotive companies had to be able to operate at a much lower automotive build level, and they've done that. So now where automotive levels of build are, the manufacturing numbers are fantastic for these companies. They're highly profitable. That they've, they've done a great job. So in terms of the question and the go forward, I, I view it as a very positive economy and that Michigan will, will grow faster than the rest of the economy. And I think the key things for that are going to be our the real focus on technology mm. and entrepreneurship, but then within automotive, um, making sure that we continue to be the leaders. Because obviously Michigan's been the leaders in that industry forever, and making sure we, we keep it when technology, mm -hmm. um, connected vehicles, autonomous vehicles are what's going on. This in, in Ann Arbor and kind of southeast Michigan has clearly been the hotbed for making sure that we're all over that piece yeah. of automotive that is going to be the way we, we continue to be leaders here in Michigan. Yeah, and I think that, that you've put your finger on, on a number of points that are really critical, and I think one of them is that there is, I guess, a leadership from MEBC. There is a forward lean, if you will, into this new mobility industry that we're faced with, these new business models, how we're all going to get around 10 and 20 years from now is going to be dramatically different. Even today, how we feel when we drive, the what we our expectations of technology are, are really, really different. So, well, Rick, I want to thank you uh, both for uh, becoming a part of the, the private sector support 
uh, network, if you will, of Spark, and for coming in and, and giving us a little bit of your perspectives on the economy and about what Citizens Bank is doing. Yeah, happy to be here and very much excited to be part of Ann Arbor Spark. Great. And I also want to thank our audience for listening and learning more about those leaders and organizations who are working hard to create the Ann Arbor region's economic future. These conversations are brought to you by Ann Arbor Spark. Ann Arbor Spark is a public-private partnership of business, government, and academic institutions working hard to advance the economy of the Ann Arbor region. For more information about us at Spark, you can find us at annarborusa.org and also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. For more information about Citizens Bank, please visit citizensbank.com.